Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction of any kind or those searching for a better way to live. Rich and Susan Collenberg found freedom from drug addiction and alcoholism over two decades ago. In the series, The Temple of the Mind, Part Two, they examine motives, our tendencies to judge others, and the dangers that lie ahead for God's people so all can have prepared hearts and minds to be the temple of His Holy Spirit. Take every thought captive now on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. We'd like to welcome you again to the Temple of the Mind, part two. And we are on program number 34 and a very favorite, unfavorite topic. Judge not that ye be not judged. Matthew 7, 1. What does that mean? What does oh, it mean? Are you asking I was kind of asking you, what does it mean to judge someone? Is to put your standard above God's and to say, if somebody doesn't meet what you think is the ideal, then you um, tend to. Okay. Right? Yeah. Isn't, isn't that what we you, do? So you, so you place your, your ideas above God. So basically you become God and you... Uh, say what's right and what's wrong according to your will, not according to his will. Very interesting concept, yes. Mm. Um, but that's what's happening. Right. We take the place of God, really. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get going, Susan, would you open with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Loving Father in heaven, we just ask that you um, uh, send your spirit to be with us and to be e- with everyone who's listening, that we can gain a greater understanding of our own characters and our own actions and thoughts that we may better um, be suited as we are on this path to heaven. Help us to recognize that um, we're not perfect, other people aren't perfect, but our our whole hope is for us to humble ourselves that we may learn and, and in turn that you would give us the power to um, change into people who are loving, kind, and uh, thoughtful towards ourselves as well as towards others. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, Satan must have, have a blast watching us with our natures and how we act and stuff. And we talked in a previous program a little bit about uh, about how the pendulum swings when a person is first converted, if you will. Mm-hmm. And that pendulum, um, you know, when you first get converted, you're very, very happy because you're not a you're not a hypocrite yet. You're very happy. You just you you've got a new. It's l- like a yeah. You're like in love for the first time. Yeah, exactly. So everything's cool. But the only thing is, so so that pendulum swings all the way to one side because now you've you're you're going to do things a totally different way. Even though your flesh still wants to do them the old way, but you, you want to be changed right, instantly. You recognize you've been wrong. Yeah, and so you want to make sure you're doing everything right. And so yeah, you're you going to make. You want the list. You want that list. Yes. I want that. I, and everything needs an answer. Right. 
So in so when that happen when when that happens, you need a referee. Is mm-hmm. this right or is this right? Like a little child, two little children, you know, mom, dad, who's right, me or her? And everything needs an answer. Mm-hmm. And so so you you're very very you, you know you're just converted. You want all the answers. You want to do everything right. Um, and the one thing that really bugged me was when people said, "Treat it like a puzzle," and you're putting a puzzle together. And if something doesn't fit, you don't cut the piece and color it and pound it in. You got to set it aside until you get more of the picture develops, and then you put then the the piece that you're worried about right now will fit right in. But we want all the pieces in the puzzle so to fit. You didn't like that. Well, it's it was easy to say, right? But very really hard easy to, to give somebody. Yeah, and that's you yeah. know that's one thing. A lot of us can really describe how to act and how to be and what it's like, but to put, put it, it into, into action, that's a whole nother deal. Mm-hmm. That's when we realize that once we're converted, we turn into hypocrites. Right. Yeah, that's what happens uh-huh. because. We judge ourselves on our what? On, our intentions. Right. We judge others on their actions. Right. Let's talk a little bit about what you did today, because this is with well, the, I was with the gonna, Clippers. I was going to go for a walk, okay. but I felt like I had a, a muscle pull in my leg, so I couldn't do that. Couldn't so go for the walk. Couldn't go for the walk, and so our we have these two front planters. Well, I can't have, believe you didn't walk today. I know. Anyway. And we have these two front planters that have some rose trees and some uh, lavender bushes and then some chrysanthemum bushes and everything's a perennial so they stay there all year long well the chrysanthemums are dead the um the flower part but the plant is still alive underneath so they need to be trimmed up the lavender has gone crazy it needs to be trimmed up and so do the roses it's time to to prune them get them ready for spring and so I had my first pair of clippers, which is not my favorite pair, but it was the first pair I had, and, well, they weren't working that good. And so I went and got some that had longer handles because I thought that would make it easier. Well, they weren't working, so I went ahead and I sharpened a little bit, and then I got down on my hands and knees, and I started to do it. And then I looked at the clock, and I thought, oh, no, I've got a mess on the on the sidewalk, but I need to get ready to come to the program. So I just dropped everything, and now there's like this half – Half a quarter baked mess on our front of our house. And so now a person would walk by and say, what kind of person would leave their front yard like that? Right. Having no idea what hap- what went down, right. right? Yes. And so this is why we don't judge, because we don't have all the facts. And even if we did, we'd distort them to, to be able to... To make ju- us look better than them. And I think one of the worst things about judging someone, what's your favorite saying? You... Sp- You spot it, you got it. You spot it, you got it. Okay, but the problem also is, is that when you judge someone else, okay, you're judging yourself because you have that in your heart. Mm -hmm. That's why you judge it. You You recognize it. But you add conceit to it as well, because the whole reason you're judging someone is to make yourself look better. So that is sicker than actually what's happening. Right. And so it's, and it's not just the act of doing it. It, it, there's a reality in, in God's design principles that taking that action and having those thoughts actually damage your brain and your personality so that it causes this it causes this damage that ch- actually changes you. And that's what's bad about sin is because 
you do something that makes you sicker, but your carnal nature, it makes your carnal nature feel better for a second. Right. But it's killing you. It's and, changing you and making you sicker. Right. And so, and, and I think the principle is really illustrated really good when Jesus says, you know, when you lust on a woman, that is adultery. Or if you hate your brother, that's the same thing as as murder. And I think he's trying to impress upon us that those secret little hidden hidden thoughts and 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 um uh assumptions that we make in our brains about other people and sometimes about ourselves are not just um innocent assumptions they actually will cause your brain to change into a hypocritical person that is that is damaging to your brain and, and then, you're creating these pathways in your mind so it makes it easier to go down that path just like a rut in the road and um, that's why he says, beware of those things because they're damaging, not because they're not that they're bad, which they are bad, but they change you as as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like, you know, well, on, on one of our on we pour concrete at, at, at Roblin Contracting. We, we pour concrete. And so we have a team of guys that go out there mm-hmm. and when they work in harmony, which they do, mm-hmm. they work in harmony. They have certain flatness criteria that 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 concrete needs to set at mm-hmm. it needs to have a a, a a certain levelness and flatness and all of that stuff uh-huh. and working in harmony they get that done before that concrete sets right we need to work in harmony with god before our character sets right or it will settle out of plumb it will settle out of plumb and out of compliance with the way heaven operates right our our slabs that we pour on on publicly funded jobs need to be come within compliance of certain tolerances right. well there's also a compliance that if we don't allow god to work in our hearts and and shine that light into our brains and go into every room in the brain and help up and 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 clean us up if we don't allow him to do that our characters will be set in such a fashion that we will lose the capability to love and be loved right it's and, that simple and 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 then if if that's how our characters are set then it it doesn't correspond to the design laws that God has created that's right that this universe that that he's about that everything he's created um, is in harmony with and so and that's what we battle against on this earth we battle against good and evil love and hate um light and darkness that's that's that bigger picture that we often can lose because we're so um self-centered or we're worried about the the things that happen to us on a day-to-day basis and God is saying it's so the if you just come up higher from your daily existence there's so much more to be revealed yeah yeah and when and I just want to double back a little bit on when Jesus talked about killing and adultery Killing someone doesn't mean you drop them dead. Right. And adultery does not happen in the bedroom. Right. Adultery is simply betrayal. Right. When you betray someone, that is the worst. Mm-hmm. Betrayal is the worst. So that's what Jesus is saying. In heaven, we don't betray people. Right. We got betrayed up there once, and he took one-third of our friends and neighbors. Mm-hmm. We don't betray up here. Right, because Lucifer was loved by God. And God lost a lot when he lost Lucifer, when Lucifer chose to go his way. And another thing, 
The Bible said, for lack of a better term, he was cast out. Well, he was really, there was another, another text says there was no place found for him. Why? Because him and his one-third of his uh, the, cohorts. The, the cohorts, yeah, believed their own propaganda. Right. But the rest of heaven wouldn't believe it, won't accept it. And when Jesus said, I beheld Satan as he fell like lightning, there were two falls. One, he fell from innocence when he took the, the other beings. The other, he fell from influence. Mm-hmm. He no longer influences those good heavenly beings, those good angels. And so he fell from influence. He was, for lack of a better term, cast to this earth. But there was no place found for him. Nobody would believe his propaganda up there that selfishness will win. Right. And so now he runs rapid on the earth like a roaring lion trying to seek all he can to have in to to join his way and his design that he thinks is the right way. And what does a roaring lion do? It scares you. It scares you. That's what he is. It's not a lion that's going to consume you. He's a roaring lion. So do you see that right now? Anything you Uh, turn on? Everything. What what are they trying to do? Everything is fear-based. Everything trying to scare you. Right. And it's subtle sometimes, and sometimes it, it can even be painted as, we're going to do this for you so that this won't happen to you. Right, right. What? So I didn't at, know it, that could happen to me. Right. It's like a seeming benefit when <laughs> it, it's just about power and control. It's power and control. And that power and control, like we talked in the last program, has nothing to do with God's power and God and God giving you a new disposition. And so don't you think that Satan loves it when we become so consumed by the events of this world that we lose sight of God and who he is and we're so consumed by news and current events and um and uh you know new laws or what whatever the events that are happening that that we become fearful or um, you know, just consumed by the the day to dayness of the world, and and that once again draws you away from God well, yeah, and His you, purpose. You know, I'm glad you said that because what happens if we if we pay too much attention to this world, the term power mm-hmm. we will assign that as to be synonymous with God's power, right? And it's not right. God's power does not operate that way. God's power wins his disciples by washing their feet. Mm-hmm. God's power wins a prostitute by writing her accusers' sins in the dust and running them off without even saying a word and then asking that woman, where are your, cons- your accusers? And she says, there's none. And then God says the magic words, Neither do I condemn you. Right. You've got enough going on, young girl. You don't need condemnation. You need help. Right. And so do, can can we get to the place uh, in our Christian experience and in our human experience where we can have that, that same character within us that we don't judge according to this world standards, but we, we look at people. I've always um, appreciated the saying, you know, seeing people through the eyes of God. You know, God sees each human being as someone who's broken. Some of us are more broken than others in in ways, and, and, and we're broken in other ways more than other people. 
And but God sees this as a broken planet who's and we're in need of that remedy. Yeah, so we're all, every, yeah. right. So so every human being, so if we want to judge, we can say, you know, we're all in need of that remedy. That's that's a true statement. Yes, exactly, because we're all dying of the same disease. Right. You know, it'd be like being in the cancer ward and a guy's got lung cancer and the other guy's got liver cancer and the guy with liver cancer is complaining because the guy with lung cancer is coughing. Right. We're all dying of the same disease. Right. It's an infection of fear and selfishness. And Jesus has a way somehow to even protect us against our enemies without blowing their cover. Remember, when the woman when the woman was thrown down in adultery, he could have lambasted those guys. That He knew what their motives were, but he writes in the dust. And so why did he do that? So we're a few footprints and puffs of wind will blow it away. And they came and they looked and they walked away one by one. And Jesus didn't have to say a word. He didn't have to blow a whistle. He didn't have to point the finger and say, look what you do. And, and he didn't do any of that. What was he trying to do? Trying to win them as well. Right. What was he trying to do with Pharaoh? Show Pharaoh that his gods were worthless when he brought the frogs, when the Nile turned to blood, when they when the flies came. They they worshipped flies. They worshipped the 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 Nile. the Nile. They worshipped frogs. So God was trying to win Pharaoh at the same time. He knew what Pharaoh would do because God sees the end from the beginning, but he was showing that I, all your gods are worthless. Right. And doesn't he do that to us now? Right. You know, my God, the God that I had in a bag, the God that I had in a bottle was worthless. Right. The God that you have in the bank is the, worthless. It's worthless. The God that I use to criticize and judge others is worthless. Because it's worse than them, because it can, my own conceit is added to that every mm-hmm. time. And that's a habit. Right. Like jealousy is a habit. Like alcoholism is a Gossiping habit. Gossiping is a Gossiping habit. Gossiping is a habit. Those are habits. And they form that character. That character will be solidified. Uh, I, I, I heard, uh, I, heard I, I think it was Oswald Chambers saying, we are going to be identified in one camp or another. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to be identified mm-hmm. with? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be identified? What is it? What is? What do you have to do to identify with someone? You agree have to have their, the yeah. You yeah. have to have the appearance that you agree with them, right? And what our actions show that appearance that we agree with them, mm-hmm. right? Right. So who do we identify that? And I, I, you know, I invite myself to some introspect to ask myself that not every day, but all day. Who am I identifying? What are my act- actions telling the rest of the universe right now? And how am I solidifying my character? Right. What am I telling God? Mm-hmm. Judge not that ye be not judged. Matthew 7, 1. The effort to earn salvation by one's own works inevitably leads all of us to pile up human policies, procedures, exactions, as a barrier against sin. It's human nature. Then when we see that we fail to keep the law, we will devise rules and regulations of our own to force ourselves to obey. And, and you know, uh, well, we I, I've gone through it, you know. Um, and what happens? What, well, is it, what does it well, do to it your all, mind? Yeah, it all turns us away from God to self. His love dies out in our heart, and it, with it perishes love for our fellow man. A system of human invention with as innumerable exact, 
exactions will lead its advocates to judge all who come short of the prescribed human standard. And what happens? There's an atmosphere of selfish and narrow criticism. It stifles the noble and generous emotions, causes people to become self-centered judges and petty spies. We end up looking for faults in others. The Pharisees were of this class. They came out of their religious services, not humbled with a sense of their own weakness, not grateful for the great privileges that God had given them. They came out of those services with spiritual pride, and their theme was myself, my feelings, my knowledge, my ways. Right. Their own attainments became the standard by which they judged others. Putting on the robes of self-dignity, they mounted the judgment seat to criticize and to condemn. I'm glad you said that their own attainments mm. became the standard because we kind of opened the program with that. We, we kind of opened the program with um, this is they don't meet my standards. Uh-huh. You know, right. it's easy to point back and criti- criticize those in the past, but all humanity throughout all ages partakes of the same spirit intruding upon people's consciences and judging one another's in matters that lay between the soul and God. Right, and it's in this reference to the spirit and practice that Jesus said, judge not that you be not judged. That is, don't set yourself up as a standard. Don't make your opinions or your views of duty, your interpretations of Scripture, a criterion for others, and in your heart condemn them if they do not come up to your ideal. And, and we shouldn't do that for ourselves as well. Sometimes we can yeah. say, you know, I need to do this, that, and the other thing in order to be accepted by God. And and I think sometimes we miss the whole point by trying to measure up to what the world is telling us to be. And we need to be connected to God so that we can um, understand truly the path that he has for us. Because our paths are all going to be different because we're all different human beings. Mm-hmm. So we, we do, it's not about being robots Right, it's about being a human being mm-hmm. and experiencing life. And I'm just so grateful that God allows us to go through the experiences and through the experience of growth. You know, we mm-hmm. talk about the growth of an apple and how it doesn't just go from a seed to a fruit; that there's stages in between. Yeah, and it's perfect in every stage. Exactly, in every stage of growth is perfect. Um, you know, and also remember now. Because we talked a little bit, I think it was in the last program, about about God shining that, that light into the brain and the, that the light will sh- can shine into a mud puddle and the light doesn't get dirty, but, the, but it shows all the particles of, of dirt in the, in the mud puddle. Light will also attract—it will also attract bats and moths. Mm. So if you're trying to let your light shine and people don't like it, it's where they're at. Right. Right. It's, it's, that's it. It's right. where they're at. It says nothing about you. No. It says something about them, but we don't judge them for being right. where they're at because they're where they're at because they're where they're at. Exactly. That's and, all and there is al- to it. And we allow, we, you know, sometimes we like to go around and be the Holy Spirit for people, mm-hmm. you know, telling people where they should be and that, how they should be acting. And the thing is, that's not our place. Our place is to be, is to minister where we can minister to as a as a to promote the health and the goodness of another person, not to demand um, a location somewhere on our 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 level of on our, uh, on our list on our chart. Yes, yeah, we are human beings, yes. not human doings. Right, we are to be good. Right, human beings, and so let your light shine. Um, back back 
tracking a little bit, um, the light the light will also attract bats and moths. You will get some criticism for mm-hmm. being a good human being. Right. Expect it, but don't fight back. Right. Because it doesn't do any good. Right. It doesn't do any good to um, what a man of of uh, what is I now I forgot. It will oh, remain as, as yeah, still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was of the opinion. Yeah. <laughs> what man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. Sorry, I went to the Bahamas there for a second. Um, folks, we're almost wrapped up. Give us a call if you need some free resources. Six four five nine one six six four five one two nine seven. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you for listening to The Temple of the Mind, Part 2 on Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. Thank you for listening and remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Power in